we're going to look at when God pours out his spirit. We're going to look in Acts chapter 5, and uh, we're going to look at verses 11. We're going to pick up on a little section that we'll allude to in the first part of that chapter, and then we're going to look at 12 through 16. We're going to look at those verses and when God pours out His Spirit. If you've got that this morning, if you would stand for the reading of the Word. Amen. Amen. Verse 11 says, And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Verse 12 says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And and of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And verse 16 says, There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Every one. When God pours out His Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to You this morning. And God, we know... That, Lord, you have power. You have, Lord, abundant power. And, Lord, it's even available today. And, God, that, Lord, you poured it out here and you showed us what you want to do. And, God, I pray, God, that we would all hunger, God, that we would have a desire for more of your spirit, more of your presence, more of your power, that you would have your way, Lord, instead of living in a time of chaos, that we would live at a time when God's spirit would be poured out. Lord, as you promised in the last days, God, that you would fill us and overflow us. God, you speak and you deal and you work and draw us, God. Draw us, Holy Spirit, as you promised to do. And God, you be lifted up this morning. In the name of Jesus, I pray and thank you for what you're going to do. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. When God pours out His Spirit. Now, there is, there is, a, there is a belief, some people believe, that this book of Acts was a one-time episode. This was, they believe it happened. They believe that the Spirit was poured out. They believe that the, the works of the Spirit and move of the Spirit was for a one-time thing. It was for God to introduce the power of His Spirit and the church to be born. And then it was to just stay right there. And now today, it's not made available to us. If that is the case, I almost feel like Paul when he said, if that's all there is, I'm of all men most miserable because I know that's not all God wants to do. So we can tell what this is. This, what, when God gives us the Word of God, it's all for, you know, for doctrine, for reproof, correction, instruction, righteousness, you know, correction, whatever. God gives every verse in this, this wondrous book as a, 
uh, something to build you and strengthen you and correct you and whatever he wants to do. with It's every bit there for a purpose. When he gives us the book of Acts, this is the culmination. This is the climax of what he's been trying to do. This is not only is he pouring out his spirit upon his own Jews, but he, the secret that they've been waiting to be revealed that it hadn't been revealed up to that time, that he's going to bring us Gentiles in is just exactly like the Jews. What the, some of the early church had real problems with that. Some of these Jews was okay with the Gentiles kind of staying their distance and they get to get in on part of this, but that the Jew is elevated higher. But no, the Lord came so that Jews and Gentile alike would be made into one new body the church, Christians. That's what he came. And that was the good news. And he was coming to not only save, but he came to fill with the Holy Spirit. Now, some people believe it stays in this Old Testament. And that's the way it's spoken. Not Old Testament, excuse me, New Testament. And we just kind of leave it there. And it was wonderful what he did, but it's not available to you today. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. I'm here to tell you he gave us as a model here and he wants us to be able to live this out today. He wants us, we can experience everything that this church experienced here in the book of Acts and he empowers us today if we want it. If we want it. If I were to say to you, if you really, if your goal is to actually build yourself and you would like, and you really want to build some muscle and you really want to get lean and you really want to do it, if you want it bad enough, you can do it. But it's going to take a little effort on your part. There's going to be some sacrifice on your part. There's going to be some effort. There's going to be put some other things aside, and you're going to work at it. You can tell those that every good morning, 5 o'clock, they get up, they start working out, they start doing things. They, they put something, okay, I'm going to give up some sleep. I'm going to put something important to me, and I'm going to make it a priority in my life. And then you start slowly seeing progress. Let me tell you something. We have exactly as much of God's presence and spirit as we want. Let me say that one more time. You and I have every bit of God's presence and spirit that we want. The problem is we don't want sometimes enough. And we see here now, let's look at these verses and realize that what God is giving us here, He is giving us the model. He's giving us what His plan is. This is the way He wants it carried out. He is showing us. He has filled that church full. They got filled with the upper, in the upper room and they come out in the street and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden things are changing. These, these are not the same people that went into the upper room that came out. And so God's Spirit is being poured out. And so something is changing. The church is born. And He wants us to see what it's like when the church is on fire. We can come to a church and you can put a sign out in front and you can call it a church and you can have four walls of music and microphones and a, pro a program and so forth. But what God's looking for is a church that is spirit-filled on the inside. He wants the people. He, it's not something that stays in here. It's something that comes inside of us and then it goes with us as we leave this building. So we see here that this is a model. I was thinking about model houses. Uh, sometimes there can be these, uh, uh, maybe even some of these... Uh, uh, these timeshares and, and they try to attract you and they'll bring you down and let you stay in some of their places and they'll take you to some of the model homes that they've so these buildings they're trying to get you to invest in and they show you this is what it's going to be like if you invest in this this is what it's this is how nice it is inside and here's all the structure and here's all the benefits and here's all those things that's going to happen if you invest in this and this is what's going to happen you know I'm looking at this this is this is the model this is God's model for what he wants his church to be. He wants to pour out his spirit and power, but we have to take advantage of it. It's up to us. Let me, we're going to look at today six things real quick. I promise you can tell I'm talking fast. We're going to look at six things that happens when God pours out a spirit on the church. Okay, and there's plenty more, but these are six that's in these verses. First, that's why I backed up to that verse 
that first one I read in Levinson, great fear came upon all the church. What's it talking about? Why is there great fear? You know, what's happened in, in Scripture up to this point? The Spirit's filled out. Peter preaches to the multitudes. 3,000 is saved. Then immediately it shows that Peter and John very shortly thereafter go into the temple and they heal this a lame man from birth. They, they heal him. We've talked about that recently. They see him differently. They're not looking to give him money. They don't have anything. But what they have is something he needs even more. He needs to be touched. He needs to be healed. That takes care of all of his financial problems if he could just get healed. And so Peter stops and says, Silver, go have I none, but what about such as I have? Give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Well, if you think about how great of a miracle this is, let me ask you something. If someone doesn't, can't walk, the tissue, the muscle in their legs is atrophied. It, it is weak. And even if they were completely healed and they could have, all of a sudden they're going to have weakness and, it, and it's going to take a while. Watch your, watch your baby deer or, or, your, or one of your livestock get born. And when they first stand up, they're, they're weak. They're falling down. And so forth. It says this guy jumped up and leaped up and running around. And so it was an amazing thing. These people had seen this man their whole life. This was a testimony of how, thank God I ain't like this man. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to put some money in there because, Lord, I could have been just like him and all of a sudden this guy they've been looking at for years all of a sudden he's leaping around jumping and praising God and why because God did the miraculous in his life so we see that's just happened and then we see that the next thing you look in this in these verses before this it's talking about the church is so they, their mind is so set on God they think he's going to come back before their life he's coming back any day and they're, they're selling everything they got they don't care about these houses they don't care about their land they don't care about that extra car they didn't have a car they whatever they've got they were just selling it and saying hey you take care of the people hey you take care of those the, that little widow over there you take care of her hey I got my eyes on the Lord and so we see this revival's breaking out in church and then we see that all these people are flooding into the Church thousands are coming and getting into the church, but there's some that's got a commitment. It's it, they're they're trying to hedge their bets. You're, you're going to see a picture of Ananias and Sapphira. I'm not going to preach on them. I'm just going to allude to them. And, and the beginning of chapter five, you're going to see it's they, they they put the money and the offerings and people are giving it all. Nobody had to. They just did it because they wanted to. And then all of a sudden, there, here's this new couple that's been in the church and they're wanting to hang on to the things of the world and hang on to the things of the God. And and they're trying to come in and lie to God and saying, God, you've got my all. You know that. that that, that course, I, as I was reading this, I think it was Spurgeon that would not let his congregation sing, I surrender all, or, or I, I think that was the, the hymn. He wouldn't let them sing it because he was afraid. He's like, now look what God did in this chapter right here when someone said they gave them their all. They didn't. So he was afraid to let them sing that song because he's like, if you're like me, there's things you probably haven't given up. And I, he's afraid to let them sing. But he, we're seeing here that Ananias came in and they had this conspiracy. They were going to sell this property. Didn't have to, but they did. They were going to sell it. And the point was they were going to lie and say they give it all to God. Lord, you got my all. Lord, I'm 100% in on this thing. You got my all. And he comes in and he tells them, everything I've got, I just laid on the altar. It's yours, Peter. Whatever you want to do. And immediately, what's the difference? What's going to happen right here? The Holy Spirit reveals that he lied. The first thing we're going to see here this morning is the reason we read that is is that when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church, we see that sin is exposed. God cannot let sin just lay there. God cannot bless lives. God cannot bless His church. God cannot bless when there's sin that's hidden under the surface. And so we see that He exposes. In fact, in Acts chapter 5 verse 3, we see this verse. And it's, and it's Peter talking to Ananias. And he says, But Peter said, Ananias, Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? 
Why are you lying and saying you're giving me all and you're actually plotting to lie against me? And he's trying to get a point to the church and it talks to us today to say, we need to be, we need to be sincere before God. We either it, Don't say that we don't come and say we're giving God everything and then we hold back. We're trying to hang on to the world with one hand and we're trying to hang on to God with the other. And God says, I can't bless your life if you're not honest with me. You, you know, that's a dangerous place to be. If you lie to yourself, you can convince yourself you're okay. And God says, just be which one you really are. You know, if you, if you ain't really where you should be, be over where you are so that I can deal with your heart. But when you convince yourself everything's okay and inside you know that it's not, then it's a lie. Not only are you just trying to deceive me, you can't, is other people are being deceived at the same time. So God brought judgment. God brought judgment. Man, it tore them up. It got their, man, it got their attention. It got their attention, and we see that uh, that's what it's talking about in that first verse. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. It's talking about fear. It's talking about an awe, a respect for the things of God. So we see that sin is exposed. You know, God loves us when he exposes things. It don't feel like that, but he does. You know, David found, found that out. He... Uh, he had hidden sin. We know it. We read it because it wasn't hidden to us because the Word of God clearly tells us and that he, he got on that rooftop when he should have been with his men and he sees what he's seen and he should have quit looking and he didn't. And all of a sudden, lust develops in his heart and grows. And just as Scripture says, and when sin is done, it develops and sin develops and then you act upon that. And then we see that he went through one disaster. It kept getting worse. Not only did he partake of what he shouldn't have touched another man's wife, but we see that he even killed, had this husband killed. He even tried to see. And so we see all that. And then he thought he had it all hid. He, you know, he's the king. He can, make, you know, he can make anything happen. And nobody's supposed to know anything. But we see that God didn't let him off the hook. And we see that he sent Nathan the prophet to put a finger on his nose and say, You're the man, David. You're the man. Now, was it because God hated him? No, he said David's a man after his own heart. He loved David, and David loved God. But he was like, David, I can't do anything else if I can't expose what's in your heart. And so he came and he put a finger at David, wept. David cried out. David repented. That's what he needed to hear. You know, the Holy Spirit, the first thing, I, can't, I don't want to get past that. I don't want to just jump down to these good things, but that's one of the things. Listen, when you got saved, it's because the Holy Spirit dealt with your heart. It's something that the Holy Spirit did in your heart. And so that's the first thing. Sin is exposed when the Spirit is poured out in the church. Second thing, miracles happen when the Spirit is poured out in the church. Listen, let me tell you something. Miracles are not limited to the Old Testament. If that's the case, then we are wasting our time praying over prayer requests. It, we're wasting our time when someone comes up and gets the anointing put on, you know, praying over them or send a cloth out. We're wasting our time. If God doesn't do the miraculous, I can tell you in my own life, I can refute that lie that miracles doesn't happen because they've happened to me. How many in this room this morning can say, I know for sure a miracle has happened in my life. God's a healer. God does the miraculous. We see there in verse 12, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought amongst the people. It, was, it says they put their hands on people and they were healed. Listen, these are the same apostles that were worried about what seat they were going to sit in. And they were worried about who, you know, who they were going to be. And they were, they, were just, they were just wretched old people a few, few chapters ago. And now God is doing something in their life that he's using them. And so that gives me hope today. I realize, well, God, if you can take this filthy old apostle who was just weak as water here a few chapters ago, if you feel me and I get to the place where you do something through me like that, you can use me too. And he can do the same thing in your life. 
You know, he promised that he would. He promised he would. You know what he said in John chapter 14, verse 12? He says, verily, verily, this is Jesus speaking. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do. They've been watching him do tons of miracles. They've been doing, seeing him do the miraculous, even raise the dead. The works that I do shall he do also. The, and greater works than these shall he do. Why is that? Because I go to my father. I'm going to be your intercessor. I'm going to be sitting there, the one that says, Lord, send it. Lord, do it. You promised it. Now I'm here. You do something greater in them than in me. And so he, showed, he promised that he would do this. You know what? Not only did he promise it, that apostles, when they went through their first big test, they prayed for that same power. We see that they were put in jail and that they were delivered and brought out and they'd come back to the church, to the people, and they didn't come and say, oh, please pray. Oh, Lord, they're going to get us. Oh, pray that God protects us. No, that's not what they prayed for. You know what they prayed for? They prayed that God would deliver and move with his mighty power. And this is what he says. And it's, they prayed in Acts chapter 4, 29 and 30. And now, Lord, behold their threatening. See what they're saying, Lord. But it doesn't say protect. It says grant unto thy servants that with boldness we may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. They're saying, hey, when the test gets tough, Lord, you give us more power than we had yesterday. You let yourself, because Lord, we watched you do the same thing. We seen that when you healed people, when you touched people, that people were changed. And God, you promised to do more than that in us. And we ask you to do what you've asked. You know what? We need people today that says, Lord, you promised that. We need to see that in our churches. We need to see that in our families. We need to see that in our lives. And so miracles will happen if we trust him and ask him. So when God pours out his spirit, sin is exposed, but also the miraculous will happen. You know what else? People are drawn by the Holy Spirit. People are drawn like a magnet. They, they don't even know why they're coming. They, they get up and their heart, their life is shipwrecked. And all they can think of is, I need to go to church. I need to go to church. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's dealing with them. That same Holy Spirit that's been working and showing them the error of their ways and that what they're doing is going to never prosper. They, it is going to draw them. We see in verse 13 it says, and the rest, it's not talking about, wait, when you read this, because it's going to confuse you if you read this in the next verse behind it, because it seems like it conflicts, because it says, and the rest durst, it means, and the rest of them dared to join himself to them, but the people magnified them. What's it saying there? It's talking about those people. Before this, all these people were seeing all this amazing stuff happen. And all of a sudden, sinners and everybody was just flocking in to this, this porch, this Solomon's, it's a portico. It's a big, long, covered porch. And they were all, that's where they were meeting. What's the reason they're coming to that porch? That's where they seen the man healed. That's where this lame man was healed. And so that becomes kind of the center of the operation of the church. And so they're coming there and they're flocking there and they're wanting to see what's going on because they heard about what God had done. And so they're coming. And so there's people that are really Christians, the ones that's really giving their heart, and they got a bunch more people just kind of, kind of getting in on it, wanting to see what happens. If something happens, Jesus had to happen a lot in his ministry. But it says that those that were playing around, those who hadn't really given their heart to the Lord, it says they dared, they dared to come and be part of them until, you'll see the next verse, until they were ready to commit everything. When they seen the judgment of God, they realized this isn't something to play with. This is, I, as a kid, I can remember, I realized in church, you don't mess around. Yeah, I, I would have friends sit next to me, do things as I got to be an older teenager, and I honestly would slide over thinking God would lighten and hits 
this guy sitting next to me. I don't want to be near him. And, and not that God is a mean God. God's just going to kill people right in church. But I had a respect for the things of God. And we see that God draws people. I, I, I can't help but think about my own son. My son was killing me. He was killing my wife more than me. I was wanting to kill him, but he was killing my wife. So he was, he was a sinner. And he was being a sinner. And like I was a sinner. And he was just, and he would come to church just every once in a while. And he would never come on time. He would always slip in well into the service. And then he would always slip out. As, you know how it goes? At the altar service, he's out the door. No way to God to move and get out before the conviction hits. And, that, and he would satisfy mom and dad. And I remember I kept looking for him. He hadn't came. Oh, he's not coming again. And I remember we, we had a service going and the song service was going. Early in the service, song service was going. And all of a sudden I seen, and the very back had, had doors on the back and four doors on the sides. And I seen the back door open on the back corner. It had a hallway, went all the way around this church on the outside. And I seen right during the song service, the back door flew open. My son comes through the back door and runs to the altar during the song service. During the song service. I was thinking, what happened? I mean, I didn't care what happened. I was just glad it happened. But, man, he was crying, and he was a big guy, and he was just crying and weeping, and people were praying. And, I mean, he had been so hard to the things of God. Do you know what? When I asked him later, I had to know what in the world happened. He said, I don't know, Dad. He said, I was just trying to slip in and do the same thing I always did. And he said, something happened when I come around that last corner of that hallway. And he said, all of a sudden, in that hallway, the Holy Spirit hit me, and it was just like overwhelmed me with my sin and I said I gotta pray I gotta pray he didn't wait till the altar opened up he ran up right then what's the difference the Holy Spirit draws we've got these people we're praying for and if we don't watch out we'll lose hope but we need to realize what we need is we need the Holy Spirit to be able to reach again and to burn in hearts and lives to where they see their need they will never pray you can't tell them enough to convince them the only way they'll ever see the error of their ways the only reason they'll ever see that they need God is when the Holy Spirit deals in their shines in their heart to where they see sin as God sees it and all of a sudden just as my son seen it they would come running to him why? because now they see their need if you don't think you need to be saved, you're not going to holler and come and run to be saved. If you think you're safe where you're at, and there's people that's in that condition, they think they're fine. They don't see they're standing on a precipice just one ounce from falling into eternity. So God draws if we ask Him to. John 6.44 tells us it's important that He draws because you can't get saved with that. It says in John 6.44, No man can come to me Except the Father which hath sent me draw him. How's he drawing him? With the Holy Spirit. And I will raise him up at the last day. He's saying, if you will listen. My, it's, a, it's a cycle. The Lord sends the Holy Spirit to deal with our hearts. We, sins revealed. We see our need. We call out on God. The Lord's ready to do the work. It's the whole Trinity involved here. And it only happens when the Spirit is active and God's moving. And this church, they realized they needed to be in the house of God. Listen, this, this, this last day, Scripture bears this out, that in the last day, we need to be more in the house of God then than ever before. We need to be in the house of God. Why? You get strength. Why? You get encouragement. Why? You help encourage somebody else when you're in the house of God. You get to sit. Let me tell you something. You can watch things, and it's great. But when you experience things, it's even greater. I can tell you, I used to sit in a sound booth at a church and during services. Man, I tell you what, I could sit there and not feel anything. I was in the same building, just right over the top of the platform, and I could leave there feeling like I had a need. 
But when I'm plugged in, sitting on the first row or second row or fourth row, and I'm kind of plugged in there, all of a sudden it just there's something different about that. So we need to realize that the Spirit wants us and He wants to give us life by being in His house. That's why I encourage you, of course, to come on Wednesday nights. That's a plug for Wednesday night. You need to be here and get some strength. And you encourage, hey, listen, you, if anything else, you encourage the pastor. You come. You're going to see me get more. You want my preaching to get better? You need to come. Need to come gets me excited when you all come, and it makes me uh, excited about preaching and so forth. You know what? I was I was looking at this illustration talking about being in the house of God. Sometimes we think, oh, we can do, and I know people like this. They think that they can. Oh, I can live for God. I don't even have to come to church. And that's and it's. I was looking at seeing an illustration that kind of justified. You know what? If if I have my hand severed this morning, pray to God it never does happen like that. But if I get my hand severed, it, I, there is not an option for me to say, okay, hand, you've done a pretty good job. You kind of go on your own and do your own thing. You be your own body. That ain't going to work. If someone gets something severed, you've got a limited amount of time. And if that don't get reattached, it's gone. It's dead. It's going to dry up. Life, as soon as it's separated, life is draining at that moment. And so in the house of God, he wants to draw his people. And the spirit will draw people. That's why when revivals breaks out, that's why in all these moves of God, that people were coming and they didn't even know why they were coming. They would just wake up and they felt their need for God. They felt their need. They would fall on their knees on their porch. They would go to a neighbor they knew was a Christian. They would come. Some stories where they come to the police house where they knew the police officer was a Christian. They would go to the nearest house. They needed something and they were looking for God. And they, they were drawn. Why? The Holy Spirit. Number four, the, the, when God pours out his spirit people fear God if there is anything that this culture knows nothing about for the most part it's the fear talking about the respect and awe of who God is Isaiah didn't understand it until he was when he had that vision when he was in the presence of God and he seen God exalted and high and lifted up and then all of a sudden he realized oh look at the holiness of God and look how vile I am Lord I'm not even I'm not even worthy Lord I'm a man of unclean lips he realized his need when he seen how holy God is Moses realized how holy God was he couldn't even look upon him, but only his hinder parts because of the holiness of God. And we realize that it says in verse 13, and the rest, durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified. There was a respect. There was an awe. They would not come running in and pretend they were anything until they were ready to give their heart to the Lord. But they had such an awe and respect for the things of God because you know why? They seen it was real. They seen it was real. When you see something real, I've told you this before. Gene Huff was telling me something talking about knowing about healing was real. He was skeptical and all these tent uh, preachers going around and I think it was Oral Roberts was it was at a tent in maybe Virginia and they had all the, I mean they would be hundreds of people come and get prayed for and so he took a little group he was a younger pastor then took a group with him he told me to the uh, over to see this and, and, and to be in this service and he said at the end of the service he preached some and then they would line up by the hundreds to get prayed for. And so he was looking for some, he got looking and everyone else probably guilty of the same thing. You're looking for someone in the crowd that you could see that's getting prayed for that's got something obvious. Something, you know, if they've got something in their body and, they, you know, they say they can't walk and all of a sudden you're thinking, now, oh, okay, now they could just, you know, they could be putting that person in there. But he said he's seen a woman with a gorder that was hanging down to here. Big thing. And he said, no, that ain't fake. I know that's real. And he said he was watching this woman. Now, he probably felt guilty later for doing this, but that's the way it was. He said, I was watching her. He said he got up there. She got up there to that, to Oral Roberts. He didn't even hesitate. 
He started praying for her, and he grabbed that thing. He grabbed it, and I'm sure it hurt. He grabbed it, and he was praying God deliver her, set her free. He said all of a sudden his hands started shaking, and he said she started shouting, and he said all of a sudden he was going, gone, right in front of him. There was no question that it happened. When people see the obvious move of God, let me tell you something else God can do. When people see a life that they say, that person can never get saved. That person's the worst in our county. That person's got the worst substance abuse in this entire county. That person's got a record longer than the newspaper. And that person could never get saved. And when they see that that person, here they went to revival, they're skeptical. The next time they see them, they got a smile on their face. They're cleaned up. They've got something different about them. Just like this man who had been lame. They see someone that they know had a problem and they see a dramatic difference in their life and they realize man there is something real there's something real about that stuff with God and so they there is an awe and right now we live in a culture where people's not afraid of God they're not fearful of God they mock God and they're not afraid of authority they're not afraid of parents they're not afraid of anybody even they don't even care about them each other and there is such a disrespect in our culture and so the lord can turn that around the only way you can do it is if when we ask god for pour out your holy spirit again so that people can see the real moving and working of god pour out your holy spirit and then there'll be a holy fear and respect and awe That'll fill the lives of people, and that's what happened here. You know what else? Number five, souls are saved. Wouldn't it be nice for you to try to think, oh, I, mean, I, know, I know I know, somebody that needs to get saved. <laughs> we prayed for those other ones, and they've been getting saved left and right. And man, who else needs to be on my prayer list? No, that's what God wants to do. Do you think God's desire and God's plan, this is God's plan, this is God's model for the church, that we keep praying and praying and praying and praying for the same souls, and they don't get saved? No, that's not his plan. No, 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 no. We see the, the culture here. We see this new church. They would pray, God, the Spirit would fall. God would intervene. Even when people had turned their back on God. They would, Paul even said in one place, I've turned him over to Satan. Just that God would, take, you know, would come against his flesh in order to save his soul. He, he would even pray that way. Man, I knew some, I knew, I've got a, a, a distant family member, mom down there who I'm talking about, that would pray for her, her, her child this way and say, Lord, kill him, whatever you got to do. And I, I understand the thought, but it's whole, oh, you know, pray for me, you know, pray God to get a hold of me before he kills me. So, but God wants us to pray for our families. But God also can send the Holy Spirit to do, he has to do the work. You can't, you can't say the right thing. But the Holy Spirit will do it, and He will do it if we trust Him. Verse 14 says, and believers, this is that next verse after it says they, weren't dare, they would dare to, to come be part of them. But it says in verse 14, here's the ones that had really seriously given their heart to the Lord. And believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes, Amen. both of men and women. Amen. Let me tell you something. This country has millions and millions of people looking for one thing only. They don't know what they're looking for. They think they can find it rioting in a the street. They think they can find it by being activist. But what they're truly looking for won't happen with a few changes of law and with a few different people sitting in political offices, a few more dollars in their bank. They're going to find the same emptiness they had before. What they're truly looking for is one thing. The Lord Jesus Christ is their Savior. That's what they're looking for. There's an emptiness. There's a void. There's a hunger. And there's a hurt within them. And it's because they're miserable because they've looked at everything this world. The Lord Jesus Christ. 
I can tell you the things this world offers. And I'm telling you, when I turned my back, I tried a lot of those things. And it left me more empty than ever before. It was only when I got back to the Lord that I found what I'd been longing for for so long. The Lord wants to satisfy souls. And people are looking for something real. They don't want something mom and dad just told them about. They don't want something that just they think it might work. They want something that transforms their life. And this Holy Spirit can deal with hearts and lives and save them and give them exactly what they're looking for. And this is the final one, I promise. We're looking, you know, not only when the Lord pours out His Spirit and God pours out His Spirit, we see that sin is exposed, miracles happen, people are drawn to God, people start to fear the things of God, souls are saved. You know what else? Bondages are set free. God can deliver Sometimes we even as Christians, we carry something. And I don't know what you're going through, okay? But let me tell you something. Make sure that you're not going through the same struggle over and over. And we use the excuse, this is just my cross. This is just something I have to keep carrying. This thing keeps beating me down. This thing keeps trying to defeat me. This thing, I keep just falling into this. I keep struggling with this one problem. That's just my cross to bear. No, let me tell you something. That could be God's trying to deal with you because he wants to set you free. Let me give you an example. What happened? You know, when we, look at this, when we look at this verse 15, I didn't read the second time, but we see in verse 15, we, we, if you all knew that today we had four people get healed this morning, someone come out of a wheelchair, someone else had cancer and they're healed, and someone's eye wasn't working and we prayed and, and they, they could see through that eye, what would happen the next service? All these people were praying. You say, you got to come. you got to come to the house of God. I'm telling you, you're going to get healed, and God's going to move. Let me tell you what's happened. And all of a sudden, we wouldn't be, we'd have to go outside and start praying for people. I know what would happen. But it says in verse 15, we got to see this, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets. They started lining them up down the streets and laid them on beds. These people were sick. These people were so sick they couldn't even make it to the portico. They couldn't make it to the church. They were so sick. Family members started bringing them out and just putting their beds on the side of the road. Just lay there. Just lay there. I know Peter, usually after prayer service, Peter comes walking through here. And I'm telling you, man, God's got his hand on Peter. And it, what does it say that they were looking for? Now, there was no scripture for, to back this up, but they did get their needs met. And it says in verse 15, it says, that at, that at the least, even if he didn't touch him, the shadow of Peter Passing by my overshadow some of them. Now, there doesn't say, Scripture doesn't say, Peter, go by and let your shadow. Now, not can God, God can do anything. This is the same thing, the same faith these people were receiving. is the same exact thing when that woman said, if I can just touch his garment. Now, no one said to her, no, I'll get healed. And she got healed. She got healed. And these people said the same. I'm not, you know, I don't even have to touch him. I don't have to. If only his shadow, if only Peter's shadow touches me, I believe I'll be healed. And it says they were healed. Just him walking down there, touching whoever, even if his shadow, whoa, they felt the Holy Spirit touch them. And all of a sudden, bam, they jumped up out of that bed. They weren't carrying a bed no more. They were, they were, somebody was dragging one home because they were healed. And then it goes on in 15, not just healed. But there's things that people deal with today. And, and nobody knows it. They're dealing with stuff. The devil comes after more than your physical body. He'll come after your mind. He'll come after your emotions. He'll come after your whole body and your whole mind. He wants to destroy you. And it says there came a multitude. Not just Jerusalem. Now, it's not just there. Listen, that's the wonderful thing about it. When people see the move of God, it doesn't just get contained. It won't just happen right here at Morse Creek. But if the Spirit starts getting poured out here at Morse Creek, there'll be people coming from distances. We already have some people coming from distance. But there'll be farther distances coming. 
Why? Because they want to see something real. They want to touch God. They want God to touch them. And we see that it says that all those around, the communities around started coming. It says there were multitudes out of the cities round about Jerusalem bringing sick folks because they heard what God had done in Jerusalem and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And what the wonderful promise is here is right here. And they were healed every one. Not one case was, how many times do you convince yourself, or the devil convinces you and says, but your case is too hard. Your case is too hard. You, you, yeah, he'll do it for others, but he won't do it for you. These people didn't say the ones that were good. It didn't say the ones that deserved it. It says that all they had to do was take that step of faith, that they come reaching for God. They came for God to move upon them, and they brought them and got them to where they could hear the word of God, and the man of God or the woman of God could touch it. And all of a sudden, it says they were healed and delivered, set free from then on every single one of them. Not one person walked away the same as they came. Everyone, 100%. If, if, you, if we come up with a vaccine for this virus that's going around and it's 100% effective, hey, people line up because, hey, 100%, no side effects, no problems. What, wow, that's amazing. We like 100%. If you, have, you, some, you put your money somewhere and you have a 100% guarantee, you're going, hey, I like that. If you have a 100% guarantee on anything, it's a wonderful thing. This is the one thing we can tell you right here. When the Spirit of God touches people, you have a complete assurance God can deliver and will deliver. But the problem many times is me and you. I'm not blaming anybody. I just talk about me. Me. It's not because I want it, don't you? I was praying this morning early. Lord God, please let us see your move again. Let us see your spirit again. Lord, let Acts come alive right here. Lord, don't let us accept second best. I don't want second I'm not that kind of person. You may be. I, I like getting the best. Sometimes that's bad when it comes to buying things. Uh, I, I learned a long time ago, get, just go ahead and get, try to get the best. Save till you get the best. That way you don't have to regret. Uh, I've made several purchases. thought if I just put a little more in it, I, that thing would last it. The Lord offers us the best. But the enemy comes through and says, oh, you can just take second best. You don't have to worry about those things. It doesn't cost you as much to get second best. And just settle for these. No, the Lord says, I got the best for you. But he wants us to want it and desire it and surrender everything we've got and just open ourselves up and he'll do it. He's looking. He's promised in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He wants to do it and he wants to do it. But you know what? We see the word. I mean, it's being preached in foreign countries. People who can reach out with faith and God is moving miraculously in lives of people that are persecuted and people that are needing God more than ever before and the word's coming forth and they're grabbing hold of it and the miraculous has happened. But sometimes when we've been it in our whole lives, it gets harder for us because we've heard it and sometimes we just, we just don't believe like we should. God, bring it back so that we can believe because we have a generation of our children. We have a generation of our grandchildren that has never seen the mighty move of God the way that we have. And there was greater before. And God wants to do it. And it takes people saying, send it, Lord. Whatever you want to do, send it, Lord. Start in me. Start in me. Don't wait for the preacher. But start with every single one of us who says, God, put that fire in me. God, burn within me because I know you want to move. When God pours out his spirit, everything changes. Everything changes. Do you want him to change even you this morning? If you would this morning move in this place. This morning, Priscilla, if you would come to the piano. 
Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. I thank you, dear God, that you have desired not only to do it in the book of Acts, but all through the New Testament, you continue to pour out your spirit. And Lord, today you're reaching forward with your word. Lord, it's the truth even today that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Lord, you want to pour out your spirit even today. And God, you don't want us to just talk about yesterday. But Lord, you want it to make it fresh and new today. God, I pray that Lord, we would never be satisfied with just status quo. We would never be satisfied with just enduring and hanging on when you have great victory. When you have a mighty move of your spirit. When you want to pour out your spirit in this church and in these lives so that we are transformed forever. So that your spirit can be manifested in everything we do. Lord, that we can see great victory. That we can see great strength. That we can see the mighty move of your power drawing the lost. Almighty God that gives us instruction. Almighty God, Lord, that your spirit would have its way. Lord, I pray that you burn like you did in my life through all my life, Lord. That you burn with your spirit and reveal and God that we can't hide things before you that your Holy Spirit would be so real God that the lost would see it and Lord even start here in your house Lord start here even in your house God that you would reveal the things that God we don't want to look at Lord that's hindering what you want to do and that God that you would purge us that you would God cause us to call and then Lord you would move and feel that Lord lives would be changed and God there would be such a, a, a Lord an overflowing in each life that Lord they just totally saturate everybody around them God because that's what you want to do that's the purpose of your spirit Lord you didn't give it just for us you gave it so that we would be overflowing to other people meeting other people's needs delivering, Lord, and setting free. God, you don't want us to carry these things. You don't want us to bear these burdens and these problems. Lord, you want us to get deliverance, and it comes through you, through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, do it today. God, give us hope. Give us a desire. Burn, Lord. Don't let us get our mind on anything else. It's the most important thing. Lord, you're coming soon, and Lord, we, you are coming after a church that's filled with your presence and spirit. Lord, that's what you've given us, Lord. This church, Lord, represents Pentecost. This church represents your spirit. And God, I pray that you would, God, again do it. Kindle us, Lord. Kindle us. And Lord, you want to do it. And I pray that you do it, Lord. Start here. And this man right here, God, start right here. And God, let it, Lord, impact others, Lord, through your mighty power. This morning, as Priscilla plays, I, I just want to ask others, no one looking around, if you'll just bow your head. First of all, I don't want to miss this opportunity. And there might be someone in this house this morning that's willing to say, you know what, I, I want that spirit, but first of all, I don't even know him. I've not given my heart and life to him. And no one's looking at me. And you might say, if just, would you, brother, would you pray that God would deal with my heart, that God, I want to get saved. I want him to touch me, and I need you to pray for me this morning. And just by raising your hand and putting it right back down, I'll know that you're wanting me to pray for you anyone this morning oh you need the Lord and he's dealing with your heart right now and you want him to do something in your life anybody this morning hallelujah hallelujah this morning you might be in a uh, one that says you know what I want that overwhelming presence of the Lord I want that spirit I want God to overflow me I want God to burn through me I want God to have all there is of me and that he can do what he wants in my life I want to see these things that you're talking about I want to see him move and work and heal and deliver and do mighty things and I want more of him and you will raise your hand and you put it back down and say pray for me I see that I will pray for me that God yes that God would move and God would fill me overflow 
flowing. Yes, hallelujah. Anyone else this morning? I need to be rekindled with the power of the Spirit this morning. Hallelujah. 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 This morning, right where you are, make right where you are an altar this morning. Let's just raise our hands and let's ask God, whatever your circumstance is, this morning that He would have His way, that He would move. Hallelujah. This morning, if you need Him, that you'd call out upon Him and that He would touch you. Almighty God, Lord, move by Your power. Lord, that You would deal with hearts. Almighty God, that You would stir us. Lord, that You would pour out Your Spirit, God, again. Lord, we need you God we don't want God to miss out on the best that you have for us oh Lord we want to see your power evident Lord we don't want to leave the house of God the same as we come in but Lord we want to experience the fullness of your mighty power and your Holy Spirit God pour it out Lord kindle us oh Lord with your power send down your fire send down your power Lord that we would be changed God that we would experience Lord the power of your Holy Spirit Lord you want to pour it out but Lord you're going to pour it out where people are hungry where people are needy where people are empty where people are calling out on you God Lord you want to do it Lord don't let us push you away don't let us resist you almighty God but Lord let your mighty power do its work Lord that you would deal God reveal God stir God overflow mighty God through your mighty power Hallelujah. 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 Have your way, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty power. You promised, Lord. And God, I pray that you start right now with, God, that a hunger, Lord, that there would be a hunger that would start developing in our lives, God. Lord, that you would move.